this conundrum of how do we translate this sort of new learning and these aha moments and these insights and these tools into actual practical way of being in your daily life when shit hits the fan when people cut in front of you in traffic when your boss rolls his or her eyes when you're sharing an idea when your child is having a tantrum when your spouse says something dismissive or doesn't stand up for you when someone's making a hurtful comment all of these things that get our goat how do we deal with those moments because we're not in those moments we're not in a comfortable therapist's office sitting with a cup of tea and feeling hurt so how do we deal with our real lives welcome to wiseish on this show we combine modern neuroscience with ancient wisdom so you can master your emotions heal your relationships and pass on a legacy that you're proud of I'm your host Dr. Kavita. I'm a Harvard trained physician and a double board certified psychiatrist, and my passion is to teach you the tools that help me create the life of my dreams. Let's get started. Well, hello, hello my wisdom seekers. How are you all doing? I am doing great. We are in Pennsylvania. We're actually visiting my in-laws and uh enjoying just hanging out with family and my daughter is getting spoiled and <laughs> having a blast um being pampered by all the loving adults in her life which is it's sort of healing for me to watch as well. um to see so much unconditional love surrounding her is uh soothing for my own inner child you know so it's been a wonderful week we had a wedding of my spouse my wife's niece and so we got to see a lot of the extended family as well it's been wonderful and we are about to go back to california tonight and i wanted to record this podcast before we leave because I've been thinking about this question that one of my clients had that I think a lot of us have I know I certainly struggled with in the beginning when I was you know many years ago and I was learning these concepts and trying to make sense of my reactivity and the feeling of stuckness in my life I remember having this conundrum as well where I felt like a lot of the things that I learned and even the things that I practiced, right? Wasn't just that I was learning, I was even practicing and actually implementing. However, when I actually got triggered, when I actually felt upset or hurt, all of that would go out the window. I just could not access it. and i would revert back to my usual way of either becoming upset and angry or becoming passive aggressive or shutting down or walking on eggshells or whatever it is that my usual pattern was in that situation i would just go back to that and it was so frustrating because 
by then I had put in about two years of actually learning and relearning and practicing and practicing over and over some of the new tools. And I loved them and they were really helpful for me in the moment when I was learning them. However, when I got super triggered, I was back to the same covey two years prior that didn't know any of these tools. It felt like I hadn't done a smidge of work on myself, you know, and it was super frustrating because add to it that discomfort of that hurt and that rage or that upset or that abandonment feeling or whatever it is that I was feeling triggered about. On top of that, now I had the guilt of feeling like, oh my God, I should know better. Oh my God, I've been in therapy for a while. Why am I not able to handle this better? And that guilt would make me sort of ruminate and feel even more stuck. It would take me longer to come back to baseline. You know, what used to take me a few hours or a couple of days, it would take me several days because now I had to also deal with the guilt. So it's kind of exhausting, you know. And I remember feeling sort of hopeless. And so when one of my students recently asked me this question saying, you know, that she's been working a lot on her triggers and learning and practicing. But then when her children have a temper tantrum or they're misbehaving, especially in public, maybe in front of people that you really want to, you know, present a good um, image to, maybe your coworkers or your boss or your neighbors or somebody important that you're already on edge around, and then your child is misbehaving or saying something inappropriate or mean or kicking or whatever it is, she had the added guilt that she still lost it, that she still got really angry in return. And I remember she said to me, I felt like instead of one child having a tantrum, there were two children there having a tantrum. Now, it was not just my daughter, it was me too. Both of us were having a tantrum. She was yelling, I was yelling back, you know. And the guilt that I could hear in her voice reminded me of how I used to feel back in the day when I was new to this work, newish, right? And still trying to make it work in my daily life. And I've heard this over and over from a lot of my clients. They will say, you know, when I go to therapy, in the therapist's office, it feels good right? I'm venting, this person is listening, I feel heard, I feel, you know, understood. Sometimes we even go back to my past and I get some new insight about why I react a certain way to certain things. And it feels wonderful, but it doesn't change. When I come home, I still get mad or walk on eggshells or whatever it is. And this conundrum of how do we translate this sort of new learning and these aha moments and these insights and these tools into actual practical way of being in your daily life when shit hits the fan, when people cut in front of you in traffic, when your boss rolls his or her eyes when you're sharing an idea, when your child is having a tantrum, when your spouse, you know, um, says something dismissive or 
doesn't stand up for you when someone's making a hurtful comment. All of these things that get our goat, how do we deal with those moments? Because we're not in those moments. We're not in a comfortable therapist's office sitting with a cup of tea and feeling heard. So how do we deal with our real lives? And that's really important because none of us, I don't know about you, but I don't have the luxury of spending every day for several hours, you know, in the woods taking care of myself. I've got shit to do. I've got a household to run. I've got a job to go to. I've got kids to take care of, right? And I can't run away from my life. I don't want to, right? So we need a way to bridge what we learn in these quiet, safe spaces into our actual lives. And that's what I want to talk about today because I think it's critical and it's a thing that's missed a lot. Whether you are being helped by a coach, whether you're doing self-help by reading books and listening to podcasts or, you know, whether you're taking a little course online or maybe you're in therapy, whatever it is that you're doing, you need to be able to translate that into real life. Otherwise, you're just going to add guilt to the injury. So that's what today's episode is all about, the bridge, okay? And there are many tools that through trial and error over the last 10 years or so, I have picked up and learned about what works and what doesn't. And I can tell you, I have a dozen things that work and a hundred plus things that I've tried that don't work. So it really is more error than trial <laughs> that got me to this point. But it's all good because now I have a handful of things that I can actually rely on and I know consistently will help me in the actual moments of my life. And I'm going to share one of those with you today, okay? So the concept is being your own best friend, I call it befriending yourself or being your own BFF, okay? And that sounds simple and sounds cute, but how do you actually operationalize it when you're about to lose your shit? So let me back up and tell you the, what I actually mean by befriending yourself so you have an idea of what those elements are that you'll be bringing to those moments, okay? Think of a best friend in your own life, someone, maybe it's a best friend or maybe it's an aunt or your mom or your sister, somebody in your life, either in your present or in your past. For me, one of those people is my grandmother who since passed, she passed 10 years ago. However, she was in my childhood, somebody that I felt unconditionally loved me. That doesn't mean she didn't get annoyed at me or that she didn't have expectations for me, but she really thought that I was worth her attention and her love. She uh, went out of her way to take care of me. She thought that I was smart and capable and kind. She saw the best in me, right? And that really was my saving grace because I did not have any other adults with whom I felt that sort of, it wasn't that I could talk to her about stuff necessarily. Would have been nice to have that, but we didn't have, I mean, she didn't grow up with that and she didn't know how to give that, right? She never got it herself. So we didn't necessarily have that relationship where 
I could share my thoughts. It's just that I felt loved around her. And that feeling was itself a wonderful thing. So think about somebody like that, either in your present life or maybe way back in the past that maybe you've lost touch with or maybe even passed away. Doesn't matter who you pick as long as you have somewhere along the line felt that feeling from them, right? And when you can conjure up that person, think about how they would speak to you when you're having a rough moment, okay? What would they say? They would not just be present. They would not just be sitting there, you know, and nodding, right? That's lovely. That's empathy. But compassion is one step further, okay? We've often heard sympathy is, you know, looking down on someone and saying, oh, no, poor you. And empathy is, oh, my gosh, I feel your pain. I've been there, right? Compassion is one step further. We actually do something to help that person. It's a help-seeking, right? You might be able to provide that help or you might connect them with somebody who can provide that help. But it's not just witnessing the pain. It's actually being there to help that person feel a little less of that pain. So think about that person that you felt loved by and think about how they were with you, right? When you were having a hard time. Maybe they would rub your back. Maybe they would take your side and say, oh my gosh, I get it, honey. That is so unfair. You're so much better off than that. And, you know, they don't know how lucky they are to have you or whatever it is. Maybe they take your side. Maybe they would ask you good questions because they're genuinely curious about what you're experiencing. So instead of Um, just saying, you know what, everybody has those days, all right, come on, you know, we need to be stronger than that and stuff. They were willing to stay there and ask you questions. One of my best friends in the whole world is also a physician. She's in India. She's a pathologist. We talk almost every day. And one of the best things about her is that she can ask good questions. When I am sharing my feelings or a struggle that I have, she will ask questions like, oh, got you. Gosh, that must suck. I'm so sorry. I'm I'm here. Tell me a little bit about, does that remind you of anybody in your life? Or where do you feel that in your body? Does your body feel agitated too in those moments? Or is there anyone in that work environment that you can go just say, I'm having a hard time, I just need a hug? Or, you know, why is, which is the worst part of that experience? What really got you? Tell me more about that. She's just genuinely curious and asks good questions. So I don't know what it is the person who you rely on. What did they do for you? I'm not sure right? Maybe they rubbed your back. Maybe they got you a cup of tea. Maybe they took your side. Maybe they asked good questions. Maybe they just hugged you while you were feeling whatever you were feeling. Maybe they played some music so that 
you both could connect through music. Maybe they read out loud to you sometimes. Maybe they just walked alongside you and went for a walk with you, right? Maybe they helped you out in some way, right? Maybe they said, oh, let me do the dishes before I go. Whatever it is, everybody shows their love in different ways. There's no better or worse way. But somewhere from that person, you felt loved. And love is a verb, right? You actually feel it because they they show it in some way. So how did your person show it? And think about the acceptance of that moment in you as a person, the empathy of feeling what you're feeling, and the additional thing of doing something to show their love for you. Those are the three elements, right? They're able to love you and accept that moment and what you're feeling unconditionally. They're not fighting it. They're not trying to run away from it, argue with you or anything. They're just, they're just accepting it. This is how you're feeling and this is the sticky situation you're in. Got it, right? They're accepting it. Next, they have empathy. They're not looking down on you. That's why you feel loved because you sense that empathy. You sense that I get it. I've been there. That sucks. I'm here, right? And then on top of that, they showed some way that they loved you. That's the compassion part. And all those three elements together is the feeling of love that we get from a good friend. And I say friend because even if you felt that from your sister, it is a kind of friendship that you're getting from your sister, right? So once you recognize and actually feel that, close your eyes and feel those three elements, the complete acceptance of the moment, the empathy, and the compassion and the actual showing of love. Feel that and remember that and close your eyes and be in that for a second. And then when you have your own hard moments, even if that person is not around, right? Like with my client, her daughter was having a meltdown in front of someone that she um, wanted to really present a certain image to. It was a you know work situation. And so she felt triggered. And the same tantrum, had it happened in the comfort and privacy of their living room, she might have dealt with it differently. But here, she's also triggered. And she is starting to also match her daughter's energy in terms of the yelling and the um, harshness and the getting upset, right? So imagine yourself in that situation. For her, her sister is one of those people that she feels truly befriended by. But her sister isn't there in those situations, right? So what we want to do is bring those three elements of what her sister gives her that she actually has experienced. It's not an idea in her head. She's actually experienced the full acceptance, the empathy, and the compassion from her sister. She can feel it in her body. She knows what that experience feels like around her sister, right? Now she can bring those three elements to herself in those difficult moments, okay? She can be her own 
best friend in those moments because she has experienced what that is. It's in her body, right? The problem with when we get triggered is that anything we learn as a concept is in our frontal lobe and the frontal lobe gets disconnected when we're triggered. That's why we can't actually use all of this new education and tools that we learn. It literally just leaves our, we, we lose access to it. That's why it's called blowing your top because the top is your frontal lobe. Your frontal lobe is at the top of your brain. So when you blow your top, you actually blow off the frontal lobe and you can't access it, okay? But the things that you've experienced in your body, that you always have access to even when you're triggered because it's in your body, it's in your nervous system, not in your frontal lobe of the brain, okay? So in those moments when you don't have that person around you and you are in a triggered situation, you bring those three elements to yourself. The first part of that is to actually step back a second, close your eyes and fully accept this moment. And it sounds simple. Of course, we accept this moment. I mean, what else can we do? But actually, when we are triggered and we're trying to push back against our spouse or our mom or our child, whoever is triggering us, when we're trying to push back, what we're actually saying is, this is not acceptable. This cannot be happening. This is not okay. And what I'm telling you is, if you can first accept that even if it's not okay, it is happening. This is the moment. This is life. This is what it is right now in front of us. Accept it fully. Yes, I am feeling triggered and it's a work situation and this is what it is. Right now, my daughter's having a tantrum. It's a work situation and she may not stop and that is what it is, right? That doesn't mean that we don't do anything. It just means first we stop trying to change reality, <laughs> It's kind of like trying to change the color of the sky. You're going to be stuck arguing with the sky forever because the reality is that's the color of the sky, right? When we can accept, oh, this is the color of the sky and it's raining right now. Okay, now we can think about, do I need an umbrella? Do I need a raincoat? But if you're still arguing with the sky and saying, why are you raining? You shouldn't be raining. This is unacceptable then guess what? You're just standing there arguing with reality and getting drenched. So first, just like your loving person fully accepted you and the situation, wasn't trying to push back or change it, right? Same thing you give yourself. And one of the ways that I do that for myself is I actually go through my body and relax it. I relax my shoulders. I unclench my jaw. I drop my tongue from the roof of my mouth. I take a deep breath. And I just, if I'm sitting, I sit back instead of hunching over. And I loosen my muscles. When you say to yourself, okay, this is what it is right now. This is the moment. I am feeling triggered. And my daughter's having a meltdown and she's kicking and that might not, might or might not change. And that is what is reality right now. And I sit back and unclench and relax and fully accept that this is the moment that I'm in. Okay. 
That's the first part. What was the second part of what your loved one gave you or gives you? Is empathy, right? Here's the thing, though. You give empathy not to the other person, but to yourself. This is your relationship with yourself, okay? If you don't take care of you, you will not be able to um, react the way you want or set up the boundary that you want in a calm and loving way, right? All those things that you want to do, you won't be able to do unless you take care of yourself. So first is accepting and relaxing and unclenching and really sitting back and loosening your muscles and saying, yep, this is the moment that I'm in right now and that is what it is, okay? Second is empathy for yourself. Saying to yourself, this is hard. I'm, ha I'm having a hard moment. This, this is hard. I get it. I get that this is hard and it makes sense that it's hard, right? And then the final thing is actual compassion, which is one step further where you actually take care of yourself. And that might mean even just going to the bathroom for a second to splash cold water on your face and take a few deep breaths and hug yourself and literally do what your loved one would do for you. Maybe it's a hug. Maybe it's rubbing your back and your own skin and saying, I get it, darling. It's okay. I'm here for you. My sweetheart, you're okay. It's going to be all right. Sometimes you can't even go to the bathroom. So you might just close your eyes and say to yourself, I get it, darling. It's so hard. And you are trying your best. And it's going to be okay. I got you. I got you. I'm with you. I'm never leaving. I'm right here. We got this. We can get through this. Right? Notice it's not just rubbing yourself or um, soothing yourself by hugging yourself. It's actually saying while also using your body to show that compassion. Another way is you might go to your car and put on some music that you love and put one hand on your heart and one hand on your abdomen and show yourself how much you care as you're listening to music that soothes your soul, right? Sometimes it might be that you hold yourself and caress yourself while you cry. And you say, let it out, darling, let it out. Let it all out. I'm here. I'm here for you. Notice the active love you're giving yourself, okay? This is what your friend would give you. Now, let's say your child is having a temper tantrum and you're not able to leave that situation. What do you, what do, you do then, right? All you need to do is sit down, sit back, relax your body, close your eyes, accept this moment, say, well, this is the sky being all cloudy and it's raining. It is what it is. That is the moment. That's reality. That's what's in front of me. Okay. And you actually go through, scan your body and relax and loosen all of your jaw, your tongue, your eyes, your shoulders, your muscle, your posture, and take a deep breath and just loosen. Okay. Sort of, I, I 
think of that as surrendering to the moment. I surrender with my mind and what I'm saying in my mind, but also with my body, right? That only takes 10 seconds, okay? Then you say to yourself in your mind, this is hard. This is a hard moment. I totally get it. I completely see and it makes sense. And then the final thing is you might just rub yourself, right? Rub your heart area, uh, caress your face for a second. While your child is having a tantrum, you can just sit on the couch, turn away for one second and just caress your face and say, yeah, this is hard. I got you. I'm not going anywhere. I'm right here. We can get through this. When you can do that for yourself, the entire process will take you maybe 30 seconds. Maybe one minute at most. And guess what? You'll notice that you're now able to turn towards that situation that was triggering you and actually be present and take action, whatever action that you want that actually feels aligned to how you want to show up so that you don't have to now react in this automatic, repetitive way that induces guilt for you. Okay, this is how we translate. And there is a few other techniques and tools that I teach inside our mastery program as well. Mastery is closed right now for enrollment, but we'll be opening it at the end of December, beginning January. And I'll announce that on the podcast when the time is right. And if you guys are interested, come and join us. If you're not already in mastery, we teach six different tools for translating things that we learn into real life because that without that bridge all of that when you blow your top you lose all of that learning this is one of those tools befriending yourself and it's got three components right accepting and surrendering empathy and saying yes it makes sense this is hard and then compassion actively loving and taking care of yourself okay To sense that, you first have to go into a memory of when you felt that from someone else and notice the qualities of those three steps and feel it in your body. And then you'll be able to translate that and take that. This is how you actually transform your life, not just learn new things, but become and show up as a new way of being in your real life. So I hope that was helpful for you. And as always, the only ask that I have is please give us a review if you haven't already. Just scroll down on Apple Podcasts. When you scroll down um, midway from our podcast, there'll be a section called Reviews. And if you can give us a review and share what you got from the podcast so far and why you, which parts you found most helpful, I would love to read those. I read every one of them and it helps our podcast grow and reach more people, which is the whole point of why I'm doing this is to be able to reach as many people as possible because through that we can reach their children as well and we change generations and we change the world this way right so please help me help all of us
by giving us a review when you have a moment. Thank you so much and I look forward to seeing you and talking to you next week. Bye-bye, my friends. Thank you so much for spending time with me today. I hope that you enjoyed the show and that you're leaving with some great takeaways and maybe even some breakthroughs. If you're ready to master these tools and apply them to your life, come join us in Mastery. It's our monthly membership program where we help you customize these tools to your life. Plus, we coach you and support you along the way. You can get all the details at bit.ly forward slash masters of fate. That's one word, no space, masters of fate. bit.ly forward slash masters of fate. The link is in the show notes. I hope to see you there.